0: Which playoff series going on currently among the uh, four left Lou Nanny has caught your attention?
1: Well, I really like the Columbus-Boston one, and I like it because I I can't believe how physical, all the the series are physical, but in Boston and Columbus, it's just mind-boggling. I think the other night uh, in Game 2, there were over 100 hits in that overtime game. And it's not just the hits, it's the intensity and the speed with which they're playing the game, and I just Believe that uh, you know those two teams. When the playoffs started for the uh, semifinals here, I, I thought that maybe the winner of Boston, Columbus, could win the cup. That's that's why I, I think of those two teams. Uh, Columbus was playing so well, and they got an excellent team. They they had to make a big run at the end of the year to make the playoffs, as you know. But they are certainly qualified and, and capable enough of winning the Stanley Cup. And Boston instantly became the first uh, favorite when. All the other top seeds went out, and they the highest-ranking team last Right, So it makes sense that you know, one of those teams sure could win the Cup all They could have come, strong competition from uh, easily the other six teams. But I, I, I personally would pick one of those two teams to win.
0: Does Carolina being up in their Series 2 zip surprise you, especially when you consider all the injuries that the Hurricanes have to deal with?
1: I can't tell you how much that surprises me because – those injuries are really crucial, and you look at the guys that they've had out. Uh, they've had, those are key players they've had out, and plus during that second game, they, they go on and lose another two players, including the goaltender, in the middle of the game, yep. and, and yet they still find a way to win. You gotta remember, the Islanders were, what, number one defensively this year overall in the league? And, and you take Carolina, you take out some of the top players, Offensive top players too, and then you keep the game in a low-scoring situation. You got to figure the Islanders are going to find a way to score goals to win the games, mm-hmm. but they haven't, and, and that has really been a surprise. Carolina's played just marvelously, playoff hockey all the way through. Fast, hard-hitting, taking advantage of opportunities. They're playing a real sound defensive game, so it, that's a, that's a surprise that they're. Up two two nothing so far in the series, in the series going back to Carolina.
0: The amount of hist, hits uh, post that New York hit in uh, Game Two of that series too. That's the thing about this is they must have hit what three or four posts in that game alone. I think.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, one of the writers of the same was saying same, am almost so superstitious that it, it, it wouldn't be a surprise if he petitioned the league to move the playoff home games for the Islanders back to back to the island where they were winning. But that's right, they did a three, four play uh, post in the game and uh that easily could have made the difference but they weren't able to put it away. And that's all it is, you know, playoff hockey, strong group ending, whoever gets the breaks and yep. And if you can stay away from injuries, those are usually the three things that are most important. Carolina's doing it without staying away from injuries.
0: I do agree though that, that going from from uh the Nassau Coliseum back to the Barclays is not nearly as much fun. I thought I thought it was great that they were back in, in their old home playing there. Barclays just looks like, even on TV, it just looks odd and I, I know it's a basketball building first, so I do agree that it would have been much more fun if the Islanders could have played their home games throughout this entire playoffs on the island.
1: Well, it's not only more fun, I think the building is more intimidating. The newer buildings, you know, they're spacious, they're wide, they for the most part, they're not as effective and as efficient as the well-built there is where yep. your sidelines are excellent and you're able to play so much. You go around to the majority of the building built after that, which the Barclay Center is, and usually they're spacious. The seats go, go back at, 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 at an angle rather up, more upright like the uh, XL is. And, and when you get in a building like that, I remember telling Bill Woods when when we were building the United Center and they, they finished it. I was over over a the game there, and I said to him, "I said I got to tell you, you lost one goal a game just moving from North Chicago Stadium into this building. Yeah, because the other one was just an intimidating type building. It crowds right on top of you. They're rapid, you know. They they're very you know loud and vociferous. And, and and now you take these new buildings. That's that's what you lose when when you get so far away from the action. It doesn't seem as uh, intimidating an environment as it could
0: be. Yeah, that, that's true of what Boston for sure. The Garden so, sounds like yeah. it was incredibly intimidating, uh, as you just said. Chicago, I think Buffalo. You're Buffalo, right. yeah. Those old those, those old, three old, old
1: buildings, were they were something, boy. They were, and you know the, the Montreal Forum, the same yeah. thing. Montreal Forum. Toronto Maple Leafs, the Olympia, you used to sit in, in much old form, Toronto Maple Leafs and the Olympia, you, you sat with the crowd. And in other words, there was no wall or something to come. Me sitting on the bench and a fan next to me, they were right there. Mm-hmm. They were right there, just as if they could slide in on the bench. So it's really very, very different than it was in the past.
0: Hey, last thing about the current playoffs, Lou. Your thoughts on the uh, Marchand hit after the Bruins-Jackets game, which, by the way, old school, I completely get that, that we used to see quite a bit. He basically uh, delivered a blow to the, bla- uh, the back of a Blue Jackets player, but your thoughts on that hit in 2019, in an era where the ge- uh, where the sport definitely wants to get that out of the game?
1: Well, it's not only get it out of the game, it, it, it hurts the team, it- it, it draws more uh, notoriety to him during the game from the referees. It makes him more susceptible to getting penalties because of the stuff he does. The officials are more aware of it. It can't help the team in any way. It certainly hurts. You know, you, you try and be aggravated and you try and uh, cause some stuff that might be an to teams. You have to remember. You have to remember. The playoffs are so different than regular season. You don't have any intimidating factor nearly where you would have during the regular season. You don't have people shying away from making hits nearly as much as they do during the regular season. You don't have people shying away from getting hit the same way. There's a completely different mental aspect of the game in the playoffs than there is during the regular season. And so you as a player have to remember the things you're trying to accomplish and how you're trying to accomplish them. You better be certain that they're not costly to your team. And I think Marchand hasn't got across that bridge yet.
0: Yeah, but what's so what? What in in your mind is going through his head then? Because it is it's such an unnecessary type of shot, and it's not. It's just it's it's weird, and especially from a player like Marchand who who certainly is skilled and can be a fantastic talent. What do you think, guys like that think?
1: Well, he's he's a lot like you know Cicerone was. And during the regular season, they, they want to get under your skin. They, they love to agitate. They draw penalties. Sure. They capitalize when when they are able to get other people in the box. Uh, they they get under people's skin. They, they get them unsettled. But Dino was much more disciplined in my mind than March on in the playoffs. Dino knew, knew and felt the fact that, that he wasn't going to be as effective drawing penalties and getting people aggravated like he did during the regular season. And, and people would put up with more and take more, mm-hmm. and, and and people usually are much smarter in the playoffs about how how they play the game, and that means that how they they are are going to conduct themselves so that they're not going to draw unnecessary penalties, stupid penalties. They're far more able to upset people and, and far more ready to take stupid penalties during a regular season, but that doesn't mean nearly as much as a playoff game or to. You know, cost you, cost you a Cup.
0: Yeah, well, and and in, in my mind, with a hit like that. Uh it's got to be at least a fine but this league and especially here's here's what I come back to too it's the headshots right because we're definitely trying mm-hmm. to get those out they're definitely a problem so if you're going to give a, a guy basically a post game head shot with your glove and stick I'm th- thinking to myself that's at least bordering on the topic of a potential uh one game suspension
1: well, that's one of the reasons why he didn't get suspended because he's been suspended a number of times now, and he wouldn't get just one game. Okay, the so league's got to look at it and look at it very judiciously before they they say that that really warrants a the suspension. Then, if we're going to give him one, we can't just give him one because we've already given one, 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 and three or something like that. So, I think that they they could go back to one, obviously, but that's not the way they usually do things. But what it does do it makes him more susceptible to getting suspended for a lot more games when when he does something that warrants a bigger suspension. They'll readily be able to do that because they're already upset that he's done something like that that they didn't penalize him for.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Lou, in light of what happened uh, to the first-place teams and conference champions in the first round, does the league n- need to take a look at somehow, in your mind, trying to r- reward those teams in, in the playoffs, uh, because this has certainly been or was a fun first round, but I, I guess the one thing that could be a conversation point, too, is your top teams played an entire schedule to get to beat the top teams and then got immediately knocked out.
1: Well, as I told you before, previously in one of the other podcasts, I, I have no problem. In fact, I, I think that they easily and readily should go to 1-8, 2-7, and, eight, two and seven etc., yep. because the reason why you used to have division playoffs, and it was really prompted by Bill Wurtz, and he led the charge and got it through, he was chairman of the Board of Governors, because he felt strongly and was mm-hmm. that division rivalries, rivalries uh, sell tickets. And division rivalries were really built on the kind of intensity of the goons among teams, which in those days, was much different than today because there was so much more fighting. So, because of the fighting that went on in those games, people couldn't wait for that team to come in and and those kind of games. They had they had, uh, you know, in, in, in many times in with the, the Blackhawks, we had unusual situations. They'd fight in warm-ups. they'd fight before the game, they'd fight after the game. I remember warmups. Yeah, and and the fans, you know, the the hatred was really. Uh, not only permeated through the team, it went right to the crowd, to the fans. Yep. Well, you really don't have that kind of hatred in today's game, first and foremost, because there isn't as much fighting. And and so if you don't, the division playoffs lose the, the luster that they would have had if you had that kind of uh, interaction. So I think right now that they wouldn't lose anything by going and rewarding the teams that are, ending up higher in the standings with the opportunity to play the lower-base teams, rather than the second and third in each division playing, when many times the second and third teams might be the second and third best teams in all conference.
0: Do you foresee a change coming?
1: Yeah, I think, you know why I, I do? Because it seems to me that the players are upset about it. And that'll be one of the, the players' uh, points they'll fight for and get because the NHL's gotta give them something. Mm-hmm. They certainly are not gonna they certainly are not gonna change the the uh, percentages on the salary cap that exist today. And, and as far as how much the owners make getting the players get it, 50-50, it's fifty fifty that's where he's gonna stay. All the players want to see that change. They'd like to see the escrow change somewhat. So this is gonna be a slam dunk for the players to get if they want it and they certainly look like they want it because I've been hearing a lot of that from the player side.
0: Now, I also have read and heard talk about the potential for allowing more teams in the playoffs and giving first-round or, or first-series, I guess, buys to the top teams and allowing the extra teams that you play that you have in the playoff format to play a lower seed and, let's say, a best two of three. Does that appeal to you?
1: Not at all. I hate it. I hope it never gets done. I think it's terrible. First of all, you don't want to have a buy. Getting ready for the playoffs. All of a sudden, you're, out of, you're off for a couple of weeks. Look at the rust that all these teams have swept had in the first game. Whether they won or lost, they just weren't as sharp as they were. You're right. Secondly, I hate two the three playoffs, and and, uh, and and baseball does it, but baseball doesn't have as many teams as uh, hockey does. And I certainly, I definitely do not want to see. I don't want to see the playoffs change as far as the number of teams going all. I think it's perfect. I think. You know, you're getting 16 teams, and that's a lot. What is that? 32 teams in the league, or 22 teams in the league? Yeah, that's that's a lot of teams. And I think that 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 is margin. Yeah, you got to play for something during the regular season, and 16 positions is good, right? You know, you got to beat a lot of good teams to be 16th in the league, and 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 it's a battle. You we see it all the time, especially in this age with with the, the three point games. You know. Yes. If you didn't have three point games, maybe then if you want to expand the playoffs, fine. But when you got three point games, you got so many teams going right to the end. I don't think you need any more playoffs. Look, the season is too long now.
0: Oh, I'm totally. With I don't you. know. How, Amen,
1: I, I don't know how in the world they. You know, I, I want to see the season shortened. Yep. I mean, it goes far too long. I mean, you're going to have to the Stanley Cup Finals in the middle of June.
0: Let's go down the, that path. If you were if you were named commissioner of the National Hockey League tomorrow. And could make any change that you d- that desired, or changes, I should say, Lou. What would the season? What, what would the regular season be? Games wise,
1: seventy-two games, seventy-two games, seventy-two games. And I think that uh, I'd make two changes: one, seventy-two games, and the other one I couldn't get through. But I would take away. I can't stand the fact that you have the All Star break and then you have a four-day break for every team. Oh. That's too many, too many days off, which which means that you're making your players more susceptible to injury because you're playing the same amount of games in the same amount of days. You're playing more four and five nights. You're, you're traveling and playing every second night. I think the Wild had a schedule at the end of the year where they played uh, 18 games in the last 36 days, like every second day. That, that's too much for the kind of physicality that's involved in the game today, the speed, the contact, the travel. That's too much. They need more time off, not more, and I'm talking about between games, not more time off just to do nothing for four four days for a vacation.
0: I love this path. So tell me this, the bye weeks. Um, what I, I get why they're there. I don't like them, but I get why they were instituted. But why on earth then, when they put those in, did they allow for what you just talked about, which is what makes no sense to me, which is, the All Star break's done. Now the buy is done, and now you basically have no time off. Why didn't? Why don't they incorporate the days off uh, for the buy throughout the year or something? Because you're exactly right. What makes no sense to me is you get into March and you basically don't get time off.
1: Nah, I'll tell you why they don't do it. First of all, they don't. You look early in the year; they're not playing enough games to get any time off because they're going against football, baseball early in the year, you look at you look at how much these teams go, sometimes five days while a game. Yep. So you're not playing nearly as many games before January 1st that, that you could. So what do you need time off for? You already got time off. And so yep. you don't have any time when you really need off until you start hitting a, a heavier schedule starting January 1st. And so then you got the All-Star game, and right after the All-Star game, you start the breaks because you can't have the breaks too close to the end. So it's just, it was the dumbest decision I've ever seen in my life. I can't, the only reason why it was given because the players wanted something for three on three in the All Star game. That's what they asked for, and you thought they were smart getting it. Yeah. In all the years I've watched hockey, it's the dumbest ask I've ever seen in my life.
0: But are the players going to be smart enough to come back and say, because I get that the young guys like to go to, you know, Mazelan, right? And they go sit on the beach. I get that. But the veteran players have to hate this. It makes no sense.
1: Well, I would think, you know, you say what you want, but I would think anybody that thought about it for two minutes would hate it because you still got to play the same games, the same amount of games. And what you're doing, is you're, you're playing nights when you're you're hurting, you're more susceptible to injuries, you're more tired. The games aren't as good for the fans because it's, you're cramming in more games in a short time. Yep. I I, I just I, I I just will never understand that. I can't understand it.
0: So seventy two games, would would you still go um four rounds best four of seven in the playoffs? Or would yep, you change the playoff still, format?
1: It's still the it's the toughest trophy to win in sports, but I wouldn't make it any longer. And it's certainly as long as you're playing four rounds in the in the playoffs like that, that's tough to do. That's tough to win. So yeah. I think that uh, I wouldn't change any of that. I think all I would do is make it more effective.
0: Ideal final date, Stanley Cup game seven is about when? Now you're talking about early. No, no, if if you're commissioner and you can end this thing and, and you get the, the season down to 72 games. End May, so the May, May okay. 31st. Okay. That makes sense. Because yeah. you're right. It goes. And, and the thing, too, is if you win the cup now. You're back at training camp in what? A couple months?
1: Yeah, you're back in training camp on September fifth. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, hey, it it's just a lot of hockey, a lot of hockey.
0: We're solving problems here, Lou. That's what we're doing. Yeah, solving problems well, for ourselves. Yeah, but you're but you know what I am I am one thousand percent with you on the regular season is too long and it, it, it was when when I was a kid watching your old clubs it was eighty games, it's gone up to eighty two. I think you're right. If you trim ten games off that thing, it would be. I'm not saying that's perfect, but I think it's a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, and the thing, and nobody wants to lose any money, but the owners would have to take uh, you know less money, but the players would have to take less money. So what you do is you everybody, both sides gets cut by you know basically one eighth of, of the uh, the gates and the salary,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, then, and that's what it is. And then but, yeah, you know it, it, everybody wants to back to my dollars, but at the same time you got to put in the best product for the fans. You got to make sure that uh, you're healthy and everybody wins, with the exception of having as much money as. You know, as you were made with an extra ten games, that's the only really difference, and it's a big difference for the players, obviously, and for the owners, obviously. But yes. it shouldn't be. I mean, the prices and salaries have gone up so so high anyway. I mean, it's not like you're you're going to go to nothing.
2: Well, and you know, your
1: average salary, your average salary is is uh, about three point well two point three million or two point five million anyway. Yeah. Um, no, it might be no, it's more three million. You got You're going to have an 80 million dollar uh, cap with 23 players. I mean, your salary cap is is, is going to allow for an average of over $3.5 dollars a person. Mm-hmm. But you're getting so more. If, if, yeah. So if Sorry. you took if you took you know 10 percent of it off, then you're still making substantial money, right?
0: Yeah, and and you're getting more TV cash now. You're getting more. Yeah. So so it's not it's not like you're you're not tapping in uh, to potential sources of income as well but i I think you're right i think the product would improve and and i am completely with you on the staggering of breaks now and as you said the the wild what the last is it last three or four years they played a game and then they've been off for five days and things like that and it's just ridiculous i'm with you yeah yeah i I, last thing last thing sir Since it's springtime, I've asked you and we've talked extensively about your time as GM of the North Stars and the playoff runs and obviously the run to the 81 Stanley Cup Finals against the Islanders and those stories, but I don't think I've ever asked you, what was your favorite North Stars playoff run during your playing days?
1: Well, we went to the the semifinals against Montreal in 72 and I played uh, forward that year. I had the good fortune of scoring the winning goal in Montreal and it was the first time a Spanish team ever beat an established team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I also uh, had the winning goal against Putin St. Louis out so either in that series or the year before at St. Louis, but I thought it was that year. So it was a good, good series for me and it was very enjoyable as long as we went. And uh, in the sixth game against Montreal, we were, we were down three games to two, playing at home in the sixth game, and we were losing by a goal. And Diddy Hansen scored a goal. And when you look at it, it was six one hundredths of a second after the light went on. Oh. otherwise we'd have gone over time at that time. And uh, we had a tight game going into overtime. Mm. And so that was that was a great series. We we played well against. Uh, the teams, and especially against Montreal, that went on to the Stanley Cup, so it was
0: good. That's Dryden, right? Back in the Dryden days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That had to be fun, though. When, when did you realize, too, or what? What was the the process? Because I'm I'm sure you know you, you grew up watching the sport, obviously, and all of that. Uh, when you started to play, though, in the playoffs themselves. Uh, what was the realization that you got as to how tough that tournament is and the the intensity? Because I, I would imagine that not until you play in the playoffs in that league do you have an idea of exactly um, how difficult it can be.
1: <laughs> you're so correct in that. No, you really can't envision what it's like until you're in it. You, you try and describe it to people, you try and talk about it, but you don't know it until you're in it. You can't have that feel until you're out there on the ice, battling for pucks to trying to win games. The intensity, the the passion, the willingness to to suffer. I mean, you you know you you finish your game every bone in your body hurts, and and you just get yourself ready for the next game. And and when you're going to make a play, it doesn't matter if somebody's going to run over you. Well, you know, if you got to force this play through and you're going to get hit, you take it and you, you do what you got to do. It, it's uh, it's something that I'm very, very proud of having the opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. I was totally unaware of how intense and how tough it was to do, and I'm completely appreciative of the fact of what these guys go through day in and day out to win the standing
0: Cup. How tough is that to, back to the Marchand conversation that we had earlier, how tough is that as a player also to be smart and control your, yourself constantly when the emotions have to be higher than they are at any point in your life as a hockey player?
1: That's a, that's a good point. That's tough. That's tough. And that's why it takes extra discipline. That's why it takes an individual essentially talking to himself, getting himself ready, remembering and reminding themselves of what they got to do in those situations and how they have to react. It's it's something that we think it just, as a fan watching, why do you do that stupid thing? Yeah. Well, you, you, it's tough to put yourself in that person's position, but when you're in that position, you understand what might have driven the person to do that, and then, but you also understand that the guy, to be as effective and as good as he's going to be, uh, discipline is also a talent. And and you have to have that bit of talent to make you as good a professional as you're, a professional as you're going to be.
0: Outstanding. Thanks, Lou. Great stuff. Talk to you next week. Thank you. All nice right. to talk to you. You too. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. The South Dakota Stories, Volume Two. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed, the way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back, because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.